Welcome to Life is a Metaphor mini podcast where we explore the many metaphors that life has to offer. So I think everybody's probably heard of the metaphor of the inner voice that is within us as though it's an actual voice, although some people do experience it that way. And I recently heard somebody making some further distinctions and clarifications and sort of talking about um, this inner voice concept a bit more. And I, I really loved it. I love it when we do that and we actually clarify further and name things further because I think we should do that more as humans. I think sometimes we just go with something that sounds true and is true or feels true or, you know, any, and not saying that it's not true. And we just leave it at that. But even within truth or often within truth, there are still further distinctions and further, uh, ways to understand it you know going a little further with it is often needed and so we're going to play with what I heard and some of that further distinguishing uh today what this person was saying was that your inner voice can be like an inner genius um that that's one way it can manifest it can also be like this term that has been used um for thousands of years, I think, in Taoist philosophy called the monkey mind, where it's just chattering at you and like driving you crazy. And it's running. I've also heard a lot of people in more modern times just call it like ticker tape, uh, or just like running like tapes in your head. That's just like constant self talk. That's just more like self chattering. And that can be your experience of the inner voice versus an inner genius that is also a term that has been used for thousands of years. Um, Well, (laughs) maybe not exactly like that, but the concept of inner genius where it's like this um, tapping into of this deep knowledge within and the inner genius can be like a guide, uh, an inner guide that just has the answer or has this intuition and this knowing and that almost like can bring information from the cosmos and like deliver it to you or kind of be like this voice that can come through you where you feel like and I've often heard writers say that it was like being channeled through them you know they were writing it but they weren't thinking about it it was just coming through them And musicians say this, but it's like, I didn't actually think this out. I was just like letting that inner genius, that like eternal thing, that stuff come through me. And so some people or all people, I guess, can have either experience of this inner voice. It can be like the inner genius or it can be like that mind chatter and that monkey that's like aggravating you. Um... And in this discussion where this person was talking further about it, they were saying, uh, you know, their theory is that it's having to do with like the maturity of your relationship with yourself or just what kind of relationship with you that you have with yourself. Um, And that one, like the monkey mind, the one that's just this like chattering ticker tape kind of means that there is a little kid it's like a kid like a more immature version that's kind of acting out because it's not getting listened to and it doesn't have any authority at the table it's kind of like okay 
you're more likely to get that kind of experience with your inner voice if you don't have a great relationship with your inner voice because you're kind of ignoring it or shutting it up or treating it like a kid and therefore it acts like a kid and it just, you know, um, chatters away at you, kind of pissed and having a fit. And of course, as we all kind of experience in everyday life, if you treat someone less than in a way, then they generally rise to that um, sort of expectation. They, they act less than, you know, but if you give, even a child, if you give a, a being that is not even fully mature yet, a lot of respect and capability and trust, they also often rise to that and they tr they act more capable and they are because, um, you know, they're more relaxed and, and they are more capable because of that, wow, I'm being trusted here. I really have a seat at the table. I really matter here so my nervous system can relax and I'm not so insecure that I'm constantly like, nye, 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 you know, trying to get some sort of um, attention or trying to matter here. And, you know, this guy's metaphor was that this is very similar to what will create either condition with your inner voice. Um, you treat it like you know, you don't necessarily trust it or you don't really want it to have a seat at the table or you don't give a crap whether it's there or not and you're not in a good relationship with it where you see it as this valuable partner or a teammate or just like best friend, then it is going to be more of that naggy thing at you um, that's like just constant mind rush and self-talk, negative self-talk often. Um or just overly critical, or just like problems, 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 or maybe just nonsense, you know, stuff that doesn't even matter, like why am I thinking of this, just chatter, and that ticker tape stuff. Um, in the times that you're not in a great relationship with your buddy, <laughs> that inner voice, like when your friendship's not doing okay, it's going to probably show up in ways that are more like that chatter. And especially if you're treating it like a child, it'll act like a child and it will totally be this monkey that's trying to take over and knock things over. I mean, what do they say about an unruly child? You know, it's like, well, they're probably not getting attention or what they need. I mean, that's why they're knocking things over and, you know, just being a downright brat. I mean, it's actually to get some love and to get what it is that they're actually needing and maybe just like take a breath and see what that is and sit down with them at the table and like tell them, hey, this really sucks. Like, Stop knocking things over. Like, what do you need? What is it that we can do together? You actually do matter to me. I'm going to try to help you get what you need. What could that be? And it's like, well, that exact same type of thing or conversation, that exact same type of interaction would be so important um, to in creating your relationship with your inner voice as well um so we're getting into like all the layers of metaphor it's like <laughs> we just got into parenting it's like wow exactly how you would treat a child in that scenario scenario would be exactly what to do with your inner voice um and there are there are lots of cool little metaphors in this one um 
But what I really liked, I just, I mean, I liked the thought. I liked the further clarification. And it made me jump to another thing. Another thing that has to do with meditation because, you know, I feel like a lot of people have different um, definitions for that word. And to me, meditation is exactly what you do when you are spending quality time with your inner voice. I mean, it's like if you were going to say, oh, yeah, when I spend quality time with my friend, if I said, oh, go spend quality time with that person in your life, you would know what to do. But if I said, okay, go spend quality time with your inner voice and like befriend yourself, it's like, well, what do I do? You know, okay, well, you, you could just do fun things that you love. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. That can absolutely happen and be a part of keeping a good relationship with your inner voice. But I think sometimes it needs to be that quiet sort of um, listening to each other and or just quality time, like spending quality time with your inner voice. And meditation is often that, or I think that's what the origins of meditation were or are is, you know, getting in touch with, and I believe meditation is aiming at getting in touch with that inner genius where it's like, wow, I feel like things are being channeled through me or just getting in relationship with yourself, with your inner voice, because I know another large goal of meditation is just this feeling of nourishment and peace and calm, uh, which is just like chilling out with your best friend in the whole world, your partner in life, which is you, <laughs> your inner voice, and just like sitting sitting there silently with each other and enjoying that. So I also think like, because why I jumped to meditation when I was hearing this guy's thoughts is because like, oh, how do you get in relationship with your inner voice? Oh, meditation. And then I immediately saw his distinction between like this monkey chatter and this inner genius that's like your guide and your trusted companion, I immediately saw that reflected in people's experience of meditation too, where, you know, some people have sort of said, oh, you know, meditation is to quiet your mind and to shut it up. And I've never liked that concept of it. If your mind happens to hold still and calm down, great, great. That is absolutely something that can happen when you give it some quality time. Like sit down with that companion, that inner voice, and um, then see what effect that has on you. You know, if you're chilling out with, you know, your closest partner in this life, or your most cherished loved one, just being in each other's presence does have a calming effect, especially even if you just kind of sat quietly with each other. So yeah, it might calm you, calm the inner voice. Therefore, some of that chatter does cease. And great. That's a great sort of byproduct of. But Sometimes in the way that people are describing meditation is this very like controlling kind of, well, sit down and clear your mind and don't let thoughts come up. And if they do, just push them back down. And it's like, ooh, yikes. Um, that's sort of like 
that chatter, like, isn't it going to make the monkey chatter worse? Isn't that going to make the bratty kid break more stuff? If when they start to speak, when the mind starts to, you know, do its talking, um, when that inner voice starts to chatter, if all you're going to do is be like, now shut up, now shut up, be quiet, be quiet, we're doing something serious here, shush, be quiet, all right, I can't do this, this is doing it wrong, I better not do it wrong, I have to do it right, I have to have control of the mind, I'm going to control the chatter, I'm going to control this monkey, and this little child within, or this voice, like, shush, you know, I am the superior one, you must shush, like, all right, what's that going to do? <laughs> I feel like, that approach or that concept of meditation, which I do think a lot of people have, I think it is changing. I've heard a lot more stuff to the contrary lately, which is great. Um, but for anybody that has that sort of view of meditation, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, that seems like it's going to make that um, child within just knock over more stuff and even more insecure that they don't matter and even louder um you know maybe not in the moment maybe you can get them to quiet down for a minute and do your little meditation and feel like you know you're such a good parent that you got that kid to shut up and you did your meditation and look they sat still in that little they sat still in that little chair and um but it's going to hit you hard later right because you know when that child is finally done being still because they were forced to they're going to be on hyperdrive, you know, uh, with excess energy and excess insecurity and just a general feeling of distrust with you and I don't matter here and wah, you know. Um, and so, like, good luck. The mind chatter is probably going to increase. That meditation and that kind of attitude in meditation is not actually going to bring you greater serenity in the bigger picture sense. Um, and it'll probably just diminish your relationship with your inner voice. It isn't really quality time if you're kind of bossing it around or telling it to hush because that's not exactly the thing. It could hush on its own. But what could really happen, which is the version of meditating or the concept of meditating that I like way better, is you could just sit down and listen. Like, hey, I'm going to sit down and spend some quality time with this friend that I haven't spent time with in a while. And I could start by saying what's been going on with me um, to myself. You could do that. You should do that. It's a great place to start, you know? Um, just run back through, hey, what's been going on for me lately? Hmm, what has been going on? Well, how have I been feeling? And share that with your inner voice because it feels like an act of trust and it feels like a centering, you know, here we are together doing this. And um, yeah, that's a great place to start. And then make sure that you don't forget to listen because really the most nourishing, soothing thing that will end up happening is for you to give that inner voice a chance to talk, to talk. What do you need to say? What do you want to say? I want to listen to you. I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to it. Just like your most cherished loved one that you want to absolutely spend some quality time with. And you might want to just sit silently in their presence but at first you might need to catch up and hear what's up. And you definitely are looking forward to hearing what they have to say. What kind of cool things they've been thinking about lately? What's been going on for them lately? Heck, have they been really, you know, 
feeling disconnected with you or or just not in a state of ease lately and just like hear them out like you don't have to fix it or do anything that's not what you do with your friend per se either but like listening and you know listening to them joke listening to what just comes up naturally for them and that is meditation you are just sitting down with a wonderful trusted friend giving them your trust showing them that they matter and just relishing in them listening to them getting to know something new or more about them having them tell you something that you didn't know and having them really feed you with just their existence you know hey because you exist and because you're talking and because I'm enjoying listening like I'm getting fed from that um and when your inner voice feels that kind of trust when you have that kind of relationship with your inner voice that you would feel that kind of affection for it and just want to sit and listen to it meditation sounds like a highly enjoyable thing to do I do want to sit and just listen to my inner voice for a little bit Um, and you see that also takes the pressure off of any particular structure of the meditation like it doesn't have to be anything you could be doodling on a piece of paper and just kind of sit and spend some cool time listening to your inner voice you could do anything you don't have to be sitting in a lotus position (laughs) with like any you know it just doesn't have to be like that it doesn't it can be any time, any place that you decide to just have a nice little listen, a quiet listen, a nice chat. You can tell it what's going on. And just, you know, you can already see how metaphorically that type of relationship is way different than, shh, be quiet. I got to still my mind. I'm so tired of this chatter. I need to have some control over it. If I can't get this handled with meditation, then, you know, gah, my life is going to be such a wreck and I can't get sleep. And maybe this is going to help me with sleep because this, you know, chatter and this ticker tape just won't stop. And I'm so pissed at it. And I'm so tired of not having control. And I'm so tired of this contentious power struggle that we're in. And it's like, oh, you're in a power struggle. (laughs) with your own inner voice you know all right and it does suck i mean i'll give you that if you can't even get sleep like wow yes you know just like having an unruly kid sucks (laughs) and so i can give compassion for that but like yeah you know just like let's see if we can notice the difference between the dynamics there and then the dynamics between like a a friend that you've given trust and that you've uh, allowed them to know that they matter and you could do that um with a child how is it that you do that with a child well you do that by not thinking of them diminutively you know not like they're less than and, and that's why I don't even know if I love the child metaphor here. I think it works great when we're talking about parenting and, you know, but it's like your inner voice, it isn't a child. And if it's acting like one, it might be because you're treating it like one. You know, if it's acting unruly and just, you know, driving you bonkers and knocking stuff over and it's not passing you any genius and you're not getting this guide feeling from it, instead it's like wrecking stuff in your life, Well, hey, it might be because the dynamic here is off. The friendship is off. The relationship has a power differential and it shouldn't. When you give it some trust and some power and a voice 
and let it be, then it can be. If you let it be a genius, then it can be your genius. And if you let it be a guide and let it have a say at the table, then you'll be surprised at what you get. If you can get to a place where you can even wrap your head around enjoying sitting down to listen to it and give it some space, knowing that you need to do that every day, give it some space and some time to say what it needs to say, sit down and listen to it a little, then it won't run on hyperdrive at other times when it's got all this backlog of stuff that it keeps chattering at you because you won't actually listen and take it in. And because it feels so insecure, because it knows that it doesn't really have a trusted seat at the table and it's kind of being treated like a kid um, or something that's less than you or something that needs to be controlled by you or that you hold the majority of the power. Like, hey, change that dynamic and the whole thing changes. Your relationship to the inner voice changes. Um, And I just found all of that to be like, oh, I love how this one idea of his just like overlays and maps out over some other stuff that I have experienced and tried to explain to other people that, you know, many times like that, that said, oh, I hate meditation. It's so stodgy and my brain never shuts up and I can't make it shut up. And it actually makes me feel worse about myself because then I feel and notice how out of control my mind is anyway. And I just can't shut it up. And it just makes me feel worse. And I'm like, oh, no, like, that's not what meditation is. Or like, that's not what it can be. Um, there's this other zone that can, and it's, it's having to do with these energetic shifts or this dynamic shift of seeing this relationship with your inner voice in a different way. And then it starts to behave in a different way. It'll start actually being your genius and, um, you know, really showing you insights and coming in with an answer, a genius answer, a solution, instead of just constantly nagging you and creating problems and just wrecking things in there. Um, You know, and I, that's why I was like, oh, this gives us perfect way for me to talk about that too. Um, And I have done a podcast before on how meditation is like listening because, um, yeah, that was another really important, if somebody says, because I have been asked, (laughs) you know, in this almost snobby kind of elitist way, like, do you meditate every day? And I've even had like health practitioners ask, you know, in times when they could feel or sense um, that there was a stressful time, you know, the my nervous system's energy needed um, to wind down a little, you know, are you meditating every day? Um, and the good and easy way for my answer to be yes is if I don't look at meditating as some formal thing. It doesn't have to be some formal thing, but it does kind of have to be formal enough that I'm setting aside time to listen to my inner voice and spend some quality time where I'm giving it a chance and and trying to enjoy it, really enjoying my inner voice and letting it have um, a say. Listening, deep listening. Deep listening beyond my inner voice you know, to something that might even be beyond that. Um, Listening to stillness, listening to silence, listening to the universe, listening to whatever. But yeah, deep state of listening. If I truly, if I can say, yes, I have entered into a deep state of listening every day this week, 
I can know that my nervous system will be more chilled out. I could actually, in the reverse, I could have actually sat down on a cushion in a yoga class or, you know, whatever, um, done a visualization or a guided meditation that I listened to on YouTube. I could do one of those every single day and still have the practitioner that is, you know, working with my body think, oof, are you meditating every day? <laughs> um, because it could still be a nervous system kind of buzz happening in there. Uh, because I'm not, just because I'm going through the formalities of meditation and whatever that is typically defined as, if I'm not entering a deep state of listening, which is really what I'd rather define it as, and that I can do at all kinds of, I could do that on a walk. I could, you know, the way that they say there's like moving meditations or walking meditations or, you know, I like doodling meditations. Um, all kinds. And you can enter that deep state of listening anywhere and doing some sort of more formal meditation thing doesn't even guarantee that you will enter into that deep state of listening either. So um, yeah, that's why I always like to define it differently. But I thought that clarifying the relationship with the inner voice that can be very characteristic of that meditation that's like, be quiet, mind. I will learn to control the chatter. Uh, that sort of relationship dynamic was like very telling about like, oh yeah, but you see that creates that chattery kind of bratty kid inner voice um, versus the like, I'm here to listen. You're a friend who I would love to spend some quality time to or with. Talk to me, you know, tell me and I'll tell you too. And I'll share and let's share and there's trust here. And I want to get into a deep state of listening with you. That form of meditation, again, is so indicative of that relationship. It shows that quality of that dynamic with the inner voice. And absolutely, you can see where that becomes an inner genius. You know, that friend, that inner voice is the one that can really guide you. And that's how these two things exist. That's how... When you say the word inner voice, it can manifest really differently. Some people think, oh, yuck, inner voice. Who wants to hang out with that? That thing drives me crazy. You know, and other people think, oh, inner voice. Like That's the most amazing best friend that I've got. You know, I want to get there with them. And, you know, I happen to be the person that loves the inner voice over there. And I run into people all the time. They're like, ew, who wants to do that? Who wants to like reflect more or think about my inner voice? My God, that sounds so awful. It sounds like drudgery. It sounds like so much work. <laughs> it sounds like a massive overwhelm on my plate. It sounds like I'm going to feel like crap about myself. It sounds like there's going to be no relaxation at all. It's just going to be this frenetic energy of chaos, you know? And I mean, that's very legitimate. I, I totally hear their complaint. Like that's what it is like for them. And I have always wished I could give them a like, ooh, how to on like, here's how to like change your relationship 
with that inner voice so that it's not like that so that it's not just this like crazy chaotic energy that sounds like horrible drudgery and the opposite of relaxation to hang out with that or to sit and ponder and reflect and like listen to your inner voice oh my god you know like how do we take it from drudgery to an absolute joy and this guy's little bit um, just kind of like opened up that pathway in a way, another way. I'm sure I'll come and revisit it again when I find some other metaphor. But yeah, this pathway to kind of put this metaphor on it, overlay it, and maybe sort of see that dynamic better um, and uh, get closer to a how-to. Thank you so much for listening. I've always loved playing with ideas and deepening in any way that I can. I find it brings connection back. It enlivens you, especially if you're using real play and games to do it. So come and check out all the games and stuff that we've got going on at bringconnectionback.com.